0: Welcome to Mental Health and You. This podcast brings you the best information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk Foundation Trust. Every fortnight we will hear from one of our specialist areas, be it school and parent support, the recovery college, well-being or research.
1: Hello and welcome to the Psychology in Schools Teams podcast. Um, My name is Dr. Tamara Scully, and today I'm going to be joined by my colleague, uh, Dr. Hope Westgate.
0: Hello, hi.
1: Um, And brilliantly, we're also being joined by Shabs Ahmed, who is the head of Year 13 at Thurston Community College. Hello, thank you for having me. Um, So in our podcast today we want to think specifically about resilience in young people um, and how the school community can play a role in this. Um, So maybe the best place for us to start is to just think a little bit about what we mean by resilience. Um, And I guess resilience is our ability to bounce back and kind of continue to move forward um, when we're kind of facing challenging situations Um, and I suppose what's important for us to kind of recognize about resilience is that you know there is no resilience gene it's something that it's not something that young people are born with and you know it's something that we can all kind of take steps to develop and to grow Um, And what we're hoping to do today is just to think a little bit about this in the context of um, our young people. So I I wonder Shabs if you could just tell us a little bit about your perception of kind of resilience within the student population at the moment, um, given kind of the COVID-19 and and all of the, the changes that we're all trying to manage. Um, Okay, so
2: uh, the setting that I'm in, I have um, exposure to year 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and then 13. Um, And I have seen a a real mix um, in, I guess, attitudes towards resilience. The younger ones, I think they struggle because they have lost that routine over lockdown. And I think with lots of, you know, lockdowns happening and then not happening and isolation, there is that lack of consistency, which I think really, um, the, it kind of, it, it sabotages in a way the, the building of resilience. Mm. Um, the the older students, I think it's kind of, is one way or the other. Um, lots of students really benefited from, from the earlier lockdown, lockdown the first. Um, they really benefited from that because they got to learn how to be almost like a university student um and then on on the flip side lots of them really really struggled and i think that uncertainty for young people especially um they really struggle with i think as as a member of staff you you know that you're never going to have the goalposts in the same place all the time it's always going to be moved um and i think for young people their resilience really relies on knowing what they're doing why they're doing it and when they're doing it so i think um yeah, we've seen we've seen in some ways a detrimental effect on on lots of young people's resilience. And in other ways, we've seen it flourish and it's been quite nice.
1: Yeah. And and actually, I, I think that's a really valid point. I mean, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the pandemic and they've been using this really nice way of of talking about it this idea that we're kind of we're all in the same storm but we're all in different boats um because i think young people have probably had very different experiences with some young people kind of thriving in a warm empathic kind of home environment but then I guess there's probably a whole cohort of other young people who have experienced much more adversity over this period, um, you know, and we know that, you know, adverse events have increased. We know that kind of alcohol um, abuse has kind of increased. We know that lots of families, and I'm sure we all know at least someone who's really struggling with um, kind of paying their bills at the moment because there's such a re- high level of unemployment now. Um, So I guess there's a lot of young people coming back into school having had very different experiences.
0: Yeah, and um as you were both talking there and, and thinking about COVID nineteen and some of the recent kind of context and, and the uncertainty which is affecting young people, it is going to. Um, but it's just made me also think about um the resilience of us as adults or or people working in schools. Um and that's been you know really tested at the moment. Um and I think um we're probably experiencing something similar to students and that some people um, you yeah, know have been doing okay they've been thriving um, but everyone is in their own unique circumstances um, so uh, it has been really tough and it is really difficult for school staff at the moment with all the challenges they're facing um and they're also trying to manage young people who are facing their own challenges and and struggling with resilience um so I i just think it's important to hold in mind our own kind of well-being and um our resilience at the moment and yeah i guess i was just interested in shabs on on what your kind of perspective is um in terms of staff staff well-being and resilience at the moment and what that has been like recently
2: um so it's it's i think it's really important to acknowledge that like you said before that staff um we are adults are very similar to to children in the sense that we want that certainty we want to know what's happening Um, and I truly believe the best way to build resilience in, in students is to be encouraging, is to be role models, and show that you can also make mistakes, or things can be tough, and you can you can bounce back from that. Now, how do you do that when you feel a sense yourself of hopelessness? And we're very lucky in the in the place that we are, um, where I am, sorry, Suffolk, is is that you know our rates have not been as high as somewhere up north. And I can't imagine what it would be like to be a teacher, you know, in the North where one day you're, you know, you're sending off an entire cohort of year eights and then the next day you're sending off year nine. Um, And I think with with adults in particular, we have to remind ourselves it is sometimes okay to not feel resilient. Um, But as long as, you know, the next day you you are. Almost being your own personal cheerleader. I'm I mean at the moment I'm a cheerleader for in my year group I've got 155 and I will cheerlead them until the very end. But I also have to remind myself that I have to do that for myself. Um and you know, even in my department, I've been encouraging us all to do like a daily gratitude, just to kind of keep on, you know, I don't think you can have resilience if your mental health is shot, and that's why it's really important to look after your your own well-being so you know I guess with with a pandemic going on it's really hard to say let's go let's go out for lunch together and things like that so it is going for walks or making somebody a cup of tea when you've got a free lesson go and make other members of staff cups of tea which I I have been doing um and sharing resources and things like that just to make sure that things are a little bit easier for each other um like I said you I think the only way students will learn about resilience is by seeing it modelled by adults.
1: Yeah I mean I, I I couldn't agree more Shabs and I think you know the our team actually they're putting together a podcast really specifically on kind of looking at, at well-being in in the school community um because You know, we know, I suppose, that the foundation of resilience is relationships um, and we also know that kind of staff in a school community are incredibly well placed to kind of foster those positive connections with our young people who are kind of coming into school on a daily basis. But I suppose we also know that it is incredibly difficult to kind of regulate and support a young person if you're not feeling regulated and supported yourself. Um, um, And I, you know, I suppose kind of what our young people need, and this is particularly for those young people who've kind of had that really tricky time during the lockdown and during this ongoing pandemic, is you know to build their resilience they need to have those experiences of kind of feeling seen and and feeling valued for who they are um and i suppose what builds this is just having repeated experiences of someone responding to you in a really positive kind of warm way um because You know, we know that when young people or or ourselves actually, you know, when we know that someone kind of has our back, it's so much easier to kind of try new things to take risks. Um, And those are the things that kind of in turn build resilience. Um, But I guess it's just holding on to that fact that if we don't look after ourselves, we cannot show up in the way that we want to show up for our students
2: absolutely i mean i think in the, so in the last week of term it must have been monday or tuesday i i actually for the first time in 8 years of of teaching 8 or 7 years i think 7 years um i cried in the middle of a lesson because i i just had had enough not with the students i'd just had enough and and, and it was to do with my workload and and the students recognized that i i was struggling and they they responded in the way that I, I have been responded responding to them the last however many weeks we've been back. And I and after I kind of at first felt a bit embarrassed. But then I realised it was really important for them to see me, to bounce back and show that actually I am struggling too. Um, because I think I think students need to know that they're not they're not the only ones feeling like this. Um, And if we all go around bouncing around like fairies and making and pretending that everything is absolutely okay, that's not the reality of it. You're not really you're not preparing them for, you know, when they go home and they turn on the news and they see people are dying, people are contracting this deadly virus really quickly. Um, So I think that they do need to know a bit of reality. And I think they did see that when when I broke down crying. Um, But it's It's that idea of that if you're like you said, if you're if your own mental health isn't isn't great, then you' will struggle. and I've really found solace in in doing things for myself such as going to the gym and and reading books and watching films and things like that because I need to make sure that the job that I have, that I turn up for those kids and that I am you know I am as resilient as I possibly can be but I also make sure that they know that it is human to have those hiccups. Um, Yeah. So I think that, I think it's really important.
0: Yeah thank you for sharing that Shabs. that's kind of a really helpful um, reflection and also really good illustration of that kind of modeling of resilience because resilience isn't about not struggling it's not about not having emotions Um, it it is about still kind of facing those adversities um, you know maybe having some anxiety or stress or negative emotion Um, but you know being able to kind of notice that and work with it and um you know try and do those things that are important to you so it sounds like um that was a case where you were able to model actually we're all human and we we all do these things um and we can still kind of work with it um and and i think also using those experiences to help us learn what does keep us going um and i think throughout this kind of pandemic, we're probably all learning a lot about our own resilience and what's helpful and what helps build it and what doesn't. Um, So it's a really useful exercise to think to yourself about your own resilience, um, your experiences, um, and to ask students, you know, what are times that you've found really difficult in the past? um you know tell me a moment that was really really tricky for you but you actually you managed to get through or you did something you were really proud of um and i think bring bringing back those memories can be really useful for people's um kind of emotions and motivating them but also to tap into the strengths and resilience that they already have within them um and their own experiences
2: yeah definitely i think um, something that I've seen with lots of students is, especially in, in Key Stage 3, Miss, I can't do it, I can't do it, I've forgotten what it's like to do, you know, to uh, to identify what a verb is or an adverb. And it's just those little kind of um, milestones that you need to give them. And I, I always find the way to to really build resilience within them is to say you know when they get half an answer right and you say wow that was really good now let's try and work on the next part and just keep reminding them like you said of of the time that you found something really difficult and and you've overcome that and it's that celebrating their little achievements and i think at the moment the best way we can encourage our students is really to and, and i really mean this is to encourage and celebrate as much as you possibly can because i mean when it's it's doom and gloom out there you need to kind of show that that one of the best things that they can really do is have that structure and routine of school throw themselves back into it lots of students have commented and said i really like being in school because it makes me forget there's a pandemic happening Um, and and that is such a beautiful thing isn't it to be able to say that Outside, we don't know what on earth is going on, and and we feel very anxious about it. But we've got school, and we've got that structure. So, as a member of staff, you've you've got a really, um, you're trusted with a very, very kind of fragile thing here, where you are trying to build that child's resilience. And unfortunately, with the pandemic as our medium, but it is something that will prepare them for the real world. And and it is celebrating little achievements, it is reminding them of the things that they couldn't do before, but they have done now, it's just, again, like I said, being that cheerleader, really encouraging them.
1: And, you know, I suppose, Shabs, what's that, what, what you said what it's making me think about is you know there it, there is this kind of narrative around at the moment not just for young people but for kind of grown ups as well that you know people feel like they they have lost skills in in certain areas um because they haven't been using those skills you know it, it our, our neural pathways i suppose they almost need to get reactivated um so um And and I suppose it's it's helping them to kind of understand some of that, that that their, you know, their brain is really plastic and actually it's really amazing at kind of learning new skills and, and learning new abilities. But I guess for our brains to be able to do that, we need we need practice and when we've had a really big gap in in going into school and kind of having that practice on a daily basis that actually it's really normal for things to feel much harder for a little while. Um, And I think sometimes just sharing that knowledge with them that actually, of course, you're not able to remember all of the the grammar that you're trying to remember for English. But you know that's okay. that's normal. You've had a big break from this and actually we just need to kind of start practicing it again. Um, and I, you know, I suppose what a lot of this kind of links into is, you know, ideas around Carl Dweck's growth mindsets. Um, and you know this idea that you know you, your basic qualities are things that you're able to kind of get better at. So through effort you can get better at doing things. Um, and I think that's, it's just a really helpful message for, for young people and us, I think, to have at the moment, um, that, you know, it's, it's normal to find things tricky if you've had a really big break, but actually with practice, you can kind of build that up again.
2: Absolutely. I think, um, a growth, growth mindset is, I mean, I think if I, if I had my own school, growth mindset would be the, the, the core of it. Um, because I, I genuinely believe young people can do, and, you know, I, sometimes I get told that I'm being a bit optimistic here, but I do really believe that they can do anything if they put their mind to it. And I think a growth mindset is so important. It And actually, you know, I, I really welcome failure as a person myself. But even as a class, you know, actually the pandemic has brought about some really brilliant things, such as the use use of uh, visualiser in lessons. And when that child is watching a teacher write an answer on the board and they're crossing bits out because they know instantly that "Ah, actually that that doesn't sound right. I'm going to cross that out. That's even there, even at the very smallest fraction, you're showing that growth mindset there that something I've tried hasn't quite worked. I'm going to have another go at it and it's going to be better. And I think it's so important that our young people are, are, are reminded of it. And actually, that's the first assembly I'm going to do with year 13 when we come back um, is is about growth mindset. And, and, you know, really, really welcoming those failures, really welcoming any time you've had to step back and then redo that step. Because those are the things that make a in, it ingrains it into your brain, doesn't it? It works on those patterns in your brain. But b it enables you to be much more um comfortable when you don't when things don't go the right way the first time,
1: yeah, I mean absolutely i I really couldn't a- agree more because you know I think when we have this belief that you know we can learn and we can improve from our mistakes. I think it's it makes it so much easier doesn't it to kind of be brave and to do something that you might not be able to do perfectly because you know when you have a fixed mindset and you kind of you think that your abilities are like really carved in stone it's actually very paralyzing, and it's very difficult to kind of take on those new challenges or new opportunities because it's too frightening. Because you kind of think, well, actually, I'm I'm not very good at this. Um, so it's I, I I think the the impact of our mindset is is extraordinary, really.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, changing that kind of narrative around mistakes and in that focus on on the input rather than just the output. And I think um, having that mindset can really help uh, young people also learn to take some kind of positive and healthy risks. And we know that that's really important to developing. Resilience is kind of going on beyond your safety zone um and you know taking the risks to make a mistake or get something wrong um and it's then that we know that we can learn um and um yeah it also kind of builds our own resources and, and resilience to know that we can do that and, and make attempts um and i think kind of we're going back also to modeling as well Um, And I I think as Shabs, you were saying, you know, for ourselves to be able to say, actually, we make mistakes and that's okay. Um, So, you know, constantly holding in mind what we're modelling again um, to young people is really important.
1: Yeah, and I guess just kind of practically thinking about, you know, what can we do to kind of promote some of this with, with our students? Kind of giving the the small amount of resource we we all have on, on top of kind of everything else we're trying to do, but I guess it's it's just kind of I suppose one of the things that Carl Dweck talks about that I think is really helpful is is kind of just being very mindful of how we're praising the young people that are in our care and making sure that we're really focusing our praise on kind of effort over achievement. So really thinking about how hard they've worked in order to achieve what they've achieved as opposed to just all the focus being on the fact that they got they They got an A in the exam. Um, and you know, one, one of the very simple ways I suppose of just introducing this into a classroom is just kind of using that the little word yet. So, you know, we all have students who, who will say things like I'm, I'm, I'm not able to do these maths and it really changes the, the sentence when you say I'm really not able to do these maths yet. Um it just brings a whole new meaning to the sentence. Um, so I guess, you know, it doesn't have to be overly complicated. You can just bring in some of these kind of fairly simple ideas just to begin to introduce this as, as a concept in, in a classroom.
2: Um, yeah, I agree with the with using yet. It's such a powerful word, isn't it? Um, and I think also just that kind of it's, those smaller achievements, there are some, there are students that you will have in your class that sit in front of you. And they, you know, they, they don't have that kind of belief in themselves that they'll do very well at, in, in a subject. And actually, when they're right in front of you 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 think oh god this is going to be this is going to be a long journey but it's that idea of celebrating those little bits you know the first bit is being able to get a sentence together the second bit is being able to change certain words in your sentence it's that ability to be able to build on on what you have on what you start with and I think as long as you your students know that they aren't what they've got in front of them now is what they're going to have forever. It's it, That's not the truth. The truth is that they're going to learn different skills and they're going to have all the different tools. And it's just that practice and it's just that kind of, you know, um, encouraging students that you might not be able to do it now, but you will be in the future and how important practice is.
0: And I think this is just reminding me of another kind of challenge that teachers often talk about in the classroom, um, which is that some young people, you know, they they feel like their resilience is quite low and often um, they will rely on kind of adults to support them a lot. So can become quite dependent Um so when they're stuck with a situation, whether it's um, about something in the classroom or outside of the classroom, um, kind of seeking lots of reassurance or help um, from other adults. Um, And one thing that's really helpful to build resilience is to be able to kind of um, work as a team on it together. So um, rather than jumping to fixing it all for that young person or giving them all the answers at once uh, to actually say, right, you know, we see the problem. How can we work on this and what can we do together? Have you got any ideas? Um, You know, let's take small steps. And and so that does challenge them a little bit, but kind of taking those small steps as a team together um, is what can help build that resilience rather than um, giving them an answer or, or doing all of that work yourself and then finding that they're repeatedly coming back and back and back. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that's something that you can relate to or, or have experience of in the classroom, Shavs.
2: Yeah, so um, not so much in in the classroom, but as um, head of year, um, because not only do I deal with academic um, issues or queries, I'm also dealing with pastoral, lots of mental health. And I remind my students each time I'm not a mental health practitioner, so I I can't, you know, I can't do CBT on you. I can't work through, I can't do counselling for you, but I can listen and i can offer suggestions i can signpost you in the right way and lots of students will come up with but you know, tell me miss i just want you to tell me what to do to make it better and you know i really struggle with that because the part of me just wants to say do you know what it's fine obviously in a in a non-covid world i'd say let's just let me give you a hug and we'll sort it all out and it'll all be fine but now it is very literally they're sitting in front of you two meters away and they're crying and there isn't you know usually it's a human touch that would start off that kind of making sure everything's okay that reassurance but now it's kind of saying to them let's think about the tools that you have that you have in your possession and and it's reminding them that that they can do it and they have done it and I think to be honest the biggest reminder for all of our students at the moment is that they've gone through a national lockdown where we were told two days before that we were closing all schools lots of students who relied on teachers because they didn't have that support at home didn't suddenly didn't have that support anymore and I think you know wow how how amazing are you to have at your age being being able to deal with such a scary thing you know such a time of uncertainty and and come out at the end okay you've come out okay and and i think a lot of the times they don't really want to accept that okay is enough um and you know i say to them today you might not want to get out of bed but you've come into school and that is a massive achievement on its own but there is often often many a student who will say to me that they want me to fix it for them and i can't um and and I think that's one thing that we need to teach our young people is is that they have the tools. And if they don't have the tools yet, we can signpost them towards places that they can they can sharpen those tools. But at the moment, um, you know, them asking somebody else to do it for them isn't going to help.
1: And I, I think just just listening to, to both of you. um, what what it's making me think a little bit about is this concept from Kill Kim Golding of kind of connection before correction. Um, and you know, the essence of of that model is is, I guess, just the importance of kind of connecting with the young person and what that young person is experiencing. Um, and once the young person feels like you've seen them and you've heard them and you kind of understand where they are, it's so much easier then to start to have that conversation with them about, okay, well, well, what is the difficulty and can we kind of break this down into steps that feel a little bit more manageable? Because, you know, I think the other thing that we need to kind of bear in mind for young people is that kind of the part of their brain that helps us, helps them and helps us make good decisions like our prefrontal cortex. That is not fully developed until we're in our mid 20s. So it is just recognizing that actually making those good decisions and making good positive plans when things feel really tricky can be quite hard for 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 adolescents. And actually it is OK and for them to kind of come and ask for help. But I guess then it's 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 about how do you get alongside them and kind of support them to to reassure themselves almost and to make a plan going forward for themselves. And um, like you were saying hope as, as opposed to kind of feeling like you need to have the solution. Um, I, I think it's just a really important message to just kind of hold on to. And um, now I'm just conscious of time. And um, just thinking that we, we we probably should should try and wrap this up in a minute. Um, but I guess is there I guess I just wondered Shabs, is there any kind of parting message that you would like to just send out in terms of of resilience and young people? And you know how we take this forward in January? Um,
2: yeah, so I think for staff, to tell, you know, for other staff, it's just really know, know your student, talk to them. You can't, there isn't a blanket approach to resilience in, in any life situation, and especially not a pandemic. Um, and, you know, we we are all kind of going through the same thing, but we're not because everybody has different situations, different home home situations um but just get to know get to know the student you're talking to and work out what tools do they have and what tools can you give them Um, because i think it all starts with a conversation it all starts with a conversation and you know one thing that i've vowed to do like i said earlier is that i'm i'm just going to be there and encourage every one of my students up until the very end um, Cause we're all in it together and and they do do that back to you and you and i know that because i've got kids you know some kids will clap me when i write a, the, a good sentence on the board and it's that kind of we're all in it together okay and and we're all going to encourage each other but we're also going to get to know each other and you need to know your student and um for a student, I think if a student was listening to this podcast, I, I would just like I said before, you, you've got through the pan, you've got through the first lockdown where we didn't have anything in place beforehand. You can get through anything now, Um and and you know the young people of today. I am in in an unlimited amount of admiration for them because they they are just
0: amazing, and they'll go far. Yeah. Thank you, Shabs. That's really, um, really valuable and I think something, um, some things that you said there that people can hold in mind and take away from this Um, and and as you were speaking and um, from what Tamara was saying in terms of relationships, it's kind of taken me back to um, a quote about what someone said about resilience Um, and I'm just going to read it out now because I think it really summarises what we've been talking about today. Um, So Uh, Someone called Anne Maston, who's um, done a lot on resilience, uh, describes the process of building resilience um, in children as ordinary magic. So she says that to build resilience in children, they need the right environments, the right relationships and the right chances to be able to safely explore themselves and the world around them. Um, And I think that's kind of really beautifully said and and kind of just really summarises those key ingredients to to resilience. So that's um, my final thought.
1: Brilliant. Thank you very much, Hope. And thank you very much, Shavs. Um, I hope everyone listening has found this helpful. um, And we wish you all the best for 2021. Bye bye.